Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us at Liberty Station. Tonight, I have a special guest, uh, a man that I met, well, actually traveling around speaking. I was at an event uh, down in Southern California, and I was captivated by this man. He's, uh, I think he's 46, 47 years young, and he's running for the 36th congressional seat here in California. And he is a, he was a city council member, might still be, I have to find this out, in San Jacinto, and, uh, you know, all that seems like, oh, everybody seems to be running for, you know, Congress, blah, blah, blah. Well, in a moment, uh, you're going to realize, especially uh, in this day and age, uh, my brother and my friend, and he's a pastor, by the way, ordained, um, he's got a tremendous story, and it's just unbelievable. Uh, and he's running as a Republican, which is even more incredible. I think it's a plus two Democrat uh, district. The, the the incumbent won by over 20 points, Raul Ruiz. He needs to go. Uh, but this man is leading, you know, the challengers. And I just, I was impressed with him. And he is the coolest guy. And when you hear his story, you're going to realize this is one of the great up-and-coming, um, well, servants in California who are going to turn the state in the right direction. And uh, I just have to tell you, you're in for a treat. So welcome my guest, Pastor Brian Hawkins. Hey, Brian, how you doing, brother? Hey, sir. How are you doing? Good. You better call me Rob. I told you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you keep calling me pastor and all those other things, and I appreciate that. It's sweet. But, you know, I, we we met as friends, and I'm so grateful for you. And I, I, I didn't have a lot of time that night. I think we were doing a content of character uh, event or something with Dran Reese, maybe. <clears throat> And I heard you speak. I was blown away. I mean, you stole the show. And uh, and then I heard you're running for the congressional seat. You're a sitting city council member. And then I heard your story. You you were 10 years in prison. Yes, sir. Now, was I right? 46, 47? <laughs> 43. 43. All right. My bad. I, I wanted to get you closer to me. I'm I'm 57, almost 58. So you're you're just a youngster. Okay. So at 43, you had 10 years in prison. And you've been married. You got kids. Uh, you got a, an interesting story, and then you get elected to city council, and you're running for the congressional seat, and you're running as a Republican. Now, all that is exciting, but you know we're we're looking at this isn't this isn't the way they've told us it's supposed to be. You're you're a black conservative Republican, um, spent time in prison. You're a minister. How, how does all this stuff add up? Where I mean, were you always a Republican? Were what? You always conservative? Tell everybody the story because I was captivated. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. As far as I remember, I, I've always been a Republican. Um, for some reason, just my spirit never resonated with the Democratic Party. Uh, maybe it goes back to. And I finally read a book by Malcolm Gladwell called Blink, The Power of Thinking Without Thinking. And he talks about that subconscious mind, like you can see something and know something that's not right. So at a young age, when I registered to vote at 18, I registered as a Republican and I've been a Republican ever since. Not fully knowing the platform of the Republican Party, I just knew that I didn't identify myself. You know, often, like I say, many people who check the Christian box by default. So I think I just checked the Republican box uh, by default. Um, and so, you know, I grew up in uh, Southeast San Diego around a lot of gangs, you know, influential in the community. Um, I had great parents growing up and that's another story to itself. 
But uh, yeah, I got in. I'm not gonna say I got in trouble. I just found myself at the negative end of the 94 crime bill. Uh, so in 94, 96, uh, especially 94 when the crime bill happened, I was 16 years old. Eight days after my 18th birthday, I was at a friend's house and a gun came up missing in the home. I was the only one in the house that was 18 years old. So I got arrested and charged with burglary and theft of a firearm. Um, I sat in county jail for about six months before my attorney came and asked me to sign a deal saying nolo contendere. You know, I'm 18 years old, hadn't even graduated from high school yet. As a matter of fact, I graduated from high school inside county jail waiting to go home. Uh, So that's where I got my high school diploma. And uh, so I signed a deal. It came with a strike. Uh, Many people don't know the intricacies of the crime bill and the three strikes law. And so once you get a strike, any trouble you get in after that, it enhances it by multiple years. And so... I had another incident where I found myself going to work. And this is, I think it's so interesting that people understand how the inner workings of the hood works, like the neighborhood where gangs work at. I lived on a street where a lot of drugs were being sold. And so we have what we call like the ghetto rental car agency where somebody want to get high, but they don't have money. So they'll use their car as a payment towards getting the drugs. Well, I was on my way to work. I borrowed a car from my neighbor. I'm at work. I worked at the AMC Theater, kind of date myself. It was when the Titanic was out. Oh, wow. Uh, so I was in the movie theaters. I get arrested, kind of find out that the car was reported stolen. So I ended up going to prison for two years for driving a car without an owner's consent. I turn, you know, I finally get off parole. I'm doing fine. Uh, I rent a car for my birthday for a week. I take the car back. I was get into a car accident on the five freeway and I got rear ended and the car is reported stolen. It's mm. literally three days after the rental, three days after the date it was supposed to go back. I went to trial and got found guilty for having a rental car three days late. And I ended up going to prison for six years for having a rental car three days late. So, wow. yes, sir. So, so- were you a Christian at this time, or did that come later? You were you didn't want to go into elaborate on your folks. I mean, we have time, but uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. What, what was the upbringing? And and uh, now, granted, all, all the things you just described there. I mean, you know, that's happenstance. It's like terrible bummer. Uh, but this isn't this isn't full. This isn't a felony of great proportion. This isn't life threatening and deadly. Uh, and you got six years in prison here for a late rental car. Um, what were your actually, parents? How were they struggling over this? What's going on? So I actually grew up in a very interesting household. Both my parents <laughs> educators, um, you know. So I didn't grow up in like this negative household. My, you know, my mother is an uh, electrical engineer. My father's a mechanical engineer. They both work for General Dynamics uh, down in San Diego. Um, I was raised in a church. As a matter of fact, I have a newspaper article on my wall over here when I got lost in the mountains at a Christian youth retreat, uh, well, actually a Christian leadership retreat at our church, and I ended up saving three young men's lives while we were lost in the mountains. So at a young age, I knew leadership was going to be in my path. Uh, so no, I didn't grow up in a household where, you know, my dad never got a jaywalking ticket, never got a speeding ticket. So I didn't grow up in a negative household. So that's kind of like the, the shocker of finding myself in a place of prison, especially with the 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 laws of, you know, what I was accused of. 
but I never allowed it to be a negative thing for me. I mean, even right now, as I stand here as a um, a candidate for Congress, my campaign is endorsed by the sheriff of Riverside County and the DA of Riverside County. Um, you know, I got you know tons of law enforcement support because I've been fighting a lot of the narratives um, that all police are bad and. You know, so just trying to bring a different perspective to the uh, to the narrative and the conversation. So when when you were you're spending, you didn't get bitter, you, you didn't get angry. Um, you obviously ha- had a purpose and a direction. You, you come out. Were you, were you married when you went in, or did you get married when you came out of prison? Yeah, I got married when I got out of prison. Uh, she was uh, somebody I, I really liked when I was in elementary school, middle school. So you know, we grew up in church together. And um, I think it was one day I was a general manager for LA Fitness and I kind of, you know, looked her up on Facebook and sent her a friend request and we became friends and uh, we ended up getting married um, around about 2013. Um, You as a pastor know those first five years in a marriage could be rocky. And uh, I remember remember us going to counseling with our pastor um, to come to find out that he was going through a divorce himself and so that was probably some of the worst advice we could have gotten. So we end up, you know, getting a divorce, you know, three years into our marriage, stayed separate, you know, for you know five years. And uh, we actually got back together in 2020. Um, you know, so that's a, another powerful story right along there. So, Amen. How did you become an ordained minister? What, what transpired there? Uh, so, like I said, I grew up in church, and you know, so you know, the Bible says, "Train up a child in the way he should go." And so, I always knew that in the midst of all of my troubles, you know, Psalms 35 was always that scripture that brought me back to having myself, like David, plead my cause, O oh Lord, and fight against those who fight against me. And and so, I always, you know, grew up in church. And so, in prison, I found myself really studying scriptures, uh, really diving into it, really wanted to, because it's one thing to hear about God and to read about Christ as a kid and confessing your sins and asking him to be your savior, but to really get a full understanding. Uh, it was in that place in prison um, where I really got to know him personally. Uh, you know, when you're, you know, every day having nothing but just time to meditate on God's word. I mean, I didn't have any... I didn't have anywhere to go. That's good. It's, you don't have to worry about the noise. That's life right there. Excuse me. Stop. Stop. Sorry. It's all right. We This isn't live. We can edit it. Okay. We can edit it. Yeah. He can love on her. Whatever yeah, you got to do. TT, come here. Come here. All right. All right, come on. Naraya, leave her alone. She kept hitting me. Okay, have a seat. Sorry. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, what, let's see, let's see, where'd we leave off so we can segue it? Um, oh, um, in prison, uh, start studying the word and, and uh, how you got ordained. You're getting to that point. Yeah, so uh, I remember the first night I got out of prison, the first thing I wanted to do was go to church. And from there, I went and just start serving. You know, I remember talking to the pastor because I had went through, you know, they had a seminary school, um, the American Bible Academy in Joplin, Missouri, and started going through there and getting, you know, certification and, you know, different certification from scripture to scripture, different 
um, Bible um, books in the Bible. So I went through the entire book, you know, in the last in a few years I was in prison. Um, and so when I got out of prison, I just started serving usher board. I mean, anywhere, anywhere the pastor asked me, I didn't even want a title, didn't care about titles, didn't need one. Uh, I just love to serve. And so, you know, in the process of ministry and getting up underneath a pastor, um, ended up becoming an ordained uh, minister and then, you know, was elevated to an elder. And um, I found myself moving out into the city of Hemet. I moved into these... Um, apartment complex and I met with a bishop under the organization that I had grew up under Church of God in Christ and you know he was saying you know you know you should plant a church in your city you know I know God is calling you to plant a church I said no that's not really me and so one day I end up buying an acrylic pulpit a little speaker off from Walmart and you know I went and made some flyers we used the community center in the mm-hmm. apartment complex. And that first Sunday, three people showed up. The next Sunday was 11. The third Sunday was 40. The fourth Sunday was like 90. So that sounds great. But remember, this was an apartment complex. So it was easy for people yeah. to walk downstairs right on into church. So, yeah. Yes. So you've been doing that. And then, and, and so uh, you said you were working at uh, LA Fitness or one of the fitness organizations. You, you start going into being employed, uh, serving in the church. And, and then how did you find your way to a city councilman? What caused you to run for office? So I've always been a pastor involved. Um, you know, we would do, um, you know, because I was involved in the community. And so um, one day I remember going to a church united at Sam Saddleback's church. I believe it was in Orange County. And uh, I remember Pastor Jack Hibbs was uh, speaking and he was, you know, calling for pastors to get involved and, you know, uh, finding their place, you know, in the political arena. And uh, there were a few others. Uh, Senator Mike Morrell was one of the speakers. Yeah. And um, and so I remember going back to our church and say, you know, we got to start doing voter precincts. Let's do, you know, voter registrations. You know, let's start getting people involved. And I've always involved in our community. And when 2020 happened, the narrative started to bother me. You know, you know, if I vote for Trump, I'm not black. Um, you know, I, my skin was my setback. All these different things that was being told what individuals can't do. And and so, hey, TT, I'm on. Can you keep it down, okay? I was, uh, sorry. Um, so I, I remember being told what I couldn't do. And so... One day the Lord came, called to me and just said, hey, I want you to run for office. Now, this was Saturday night. And at that time, I had to make a decision. Before then, we had lost our apartment. So we were living in the church. And nobody knew. Nobody knew me, my children, my wife. We were living in the church. We didn't even have a shower in there. We had like, I went and bought one of those little blue, little kiddie pools, rigged a sink in the kitchen and made a shower out of it. And so Saturday night, this was the week of uh, the last week before you can turn your papers in to your filing filing deadline. And God said, hey, I want you to run for office. Well, the last time I had my voting registration was in Hemet, but the seat was in San Jacinto. And I couldn't update my voter registration because I didn't have a resident. I only have the church, which is a business, and you can't use a business address as your resident. And so God told me to run. I said, God, if you really want me to run, you're going to have to open up every door and make it possible. Because right now, I'm not even qualified or even eligible to run. 
Yeah. That morning, I woke up and I get a phone call from the voter registration office asking, could they use our church for a voting precinct? And I said, sure. You know, they wanted to do some training. And then I said, just by the way, you know, I need to, you know, get an update on my voter registration. It's like, well, you need to re, you know, update your voter registration. We'll send you the form. I said, well, I don't have time for you to send me a form. I'm trying to, you know, update my voter registration so I can run for office. And they're like, well, come down to the voter registration. We'll straighten it out. So I went down there and it just so happened that the lady met me at the front door and I had a mask on because this was during the highlight of COVID. You couldn't yeah, go in yeah. the registration. And she just happened to recognize my voice. She said, oh, you're Pastor Hawkins. Come on in. She happened to be a resident in San Jacinto. And this was in Riverside, you know, about 45 minutes away from my our city. And yeah. she said, I can introduce you to this young man. He can help you out. Come to find out the young man working behind the counter was a trainer when I was a manager of LA Fitness, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, seven years ago. He ended up calling to his supervisor and said, hey, pastors use their church as a residence, right? So they end up changing our building from a building in a residential and gave me my voter registration form right then and there. That's so great. I, yeah, so. That's I mean, an answer to prayer. And you think right. God, didn't want us in, God didn't want us in politics. Oh, man, you know, so <laughs> you know, I, I, I can only explain that God did that. Okay, so so you, you, you get to run and you won. I did. I did. And I ran a very unusual campaign. All the narratives that I was hearing, you know, black men don't wear hoodies out there because you're going to get shot. So I used a hoodie on my campaign. Um, You know, they don't want to give ex-felons a second chance. So I used my prison photo as my photo for my campaign. I remember that. That was was profound. Yeah. And, um, you know, and even in my campaign commercial, you know, I'm walking down the street. I said, I can't even own a gun, but I support the Second Amendment. I think that statement really hit powerful when people just like, man, what do you mean you can't own a gun? And it just opened up so many doors. And I did. Uh, I won in a landslide victory. Wow. And and now now you're running for the 36th congressional seat against an incumbent who's been there since, gosh, 2014, I think, or something like that. Yeah, so the seat is actually now the 25th. So it used to be before it got redistricted, it's the 25th congressional district. So it went okay. from 36 to 25. So That's it's, right. yeah, it's and it's a pretty large district because it goes into three counties, San Bernardino, Riverside, and Imperial County. So I was, I was listening to you speak the other night. How many miles have you put on that rig of yours? 136,000 miles. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody has seen, as a matter of fact, I remember when the tires were splitting and people was, you know, I had parked one day and a guy parked next to me said, hey, man, I see the wires in your tires. Um, but, yeah, I've literally, you know, uh, as the song said, I've been everywhere, man. So, yeah, so, Johnny Cash. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, you know, Brian, I've been I've been blessed by your story. I've, I've been following it from a distance. Uh, you're now leading as far as all the contenders, as far as raising. And I mean, there's a little bit of polling going on, but um, and you've got great endorsements and, and you're doing the hard work. You're making phone calls. You're walking precincts. You're 130,000 miles on your car going all over three counties. I mean, that's that's impressive. And uh, your family holding up through all of it? Yeah, we are. You know, here's the thing. My wife is actually enjoying this more yeah. than than I think sometimes even myself. You know, last night we were at a huge forum debate at the Agua Caliente Resort 
and she was recording some of my responses and I'm listening to her like I watched the recording later on and she's back there just I mean, you talking about a fan and um I think my opening statement last night, um, the moderator asked me, you know, what was your defining moment for you to run for office? And I talked about how good my marriage was and when I lost it and now that I have it back and I think of America, how good America is. And I don't want to lose it because I know what it's like to lose something good. And so that I had her stand up in the crowd and I was thinking about that. Uh, And so. Wow. Yes. That's profound. My children are loving it. My 10-year-old daughter, she sings the national anthem uh, at a yep. lot of my open places. And so she's she she actually ran for school council when I ran for city council. She won. And then she ran for a student pre- school president now that I'm running for Congress. And she won that as well. So she's been on pace keeping up with my campaign. Well, I, I, like I said, just blessed to watch from a distance. Uh, meet you in person was a, a tremendous joy for me. I wanted to put you on our program because, um, you, you know, you, you're not doing this because you, you need the job. You're doing it because you're called by the Lord to do it. This is this is a passion. You you are a public servant. You learn that in ministry, and and you guys are putting it all on the line for this. Um, and I, I just called you the other day. I said, you know, anything I can do to help? And you, you shared a, a something, and we, we talked. But I, I want folks to know that representation in the House doesn't mean you, you just have to vote for your congressional member. You, you get to vote for, you, you get to support other congressional candidates in other districts because they can make a difference. And if you see a good candidate, you, you want to get behind them. How do they support you, Brian? How can folks get behind this campaign because I honestly think you got a strong chance of winning. I think incumbents and Democrats, especially in a plus two district that's I think it's changed for your benefit and for Republicans, specifically you. Um I think it's I think there's gonna be a huge, huge shift. I think you're gonna be in office. I think you're gonna win this and I want folks to get behind it. How do they support you? Absolutely. I appreciate that. So I do have a website, Hawkins for Congress twenty twenty two dot com. Uh, you can click the donate link. Uh, you know that you can also, um, uh, you know, you can email me. Um, you can contact me. I, you know, I do respond to uh, my messages. So nine five one three nine zero three five eight seven, because I am an open book. Um, I've yeah, called yeah. people and and thanked them. Uh, and you're right, um, Rob. <laughs> you know, this you is something that I, know. I really want to bring God glory. Um, I think it was back when uh, I had sued Gavin Newsom to open up the schools uh, with Mark Moiser, who's running for U.S. Senate. And he was my attorney with Harmeet Dillon. And um, that was something that was critical for me and for my children. And I'll never forget, I was at a recall Newsom rally in Sacramento, 10,000 people standing around the stage. And I told him, I said, I know you guys are here for the recall, but I'm here for the repentance. And I began to just preach the gospel in that six minutes. And when we got through, I got people to sing an amazing grace. And it was such a powerful movement. But, you know, I I really want to, even on my yard signs, it's Psalms 33 and 12, you know, and and I really want to, you know, help steer this nation back to God. You know, this country was at best when we put God first. I I, I got a lot of folks out there that I'm, I'm excited for running for office in this state, but I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to put it out there and they're friends and they're good friends, but I'm, there's no one I'm more excited about winning than you. 
I, I, I want folks. I want folks to support this. This. This is. Truly, I think this is a move of God in a very specific way. And look, I, I don't always see it correctly, but in this one, I don't think I'm wrong. I, I, there was just something profound the very first time I met you, and I, everyone I run into, there, there's a work of God going on here. So, I, hey, Brian, I wish you the, the best. I want victory for you. I want folks to support you. Say the website again with the link. Yeah, Hawkins for Congress uh, 2022. All right, and they can um, find com. out all your positions and all the things and all that stuff. I mean, I've already gone through it, and I'm I'm with you, but um, I, <laughs> I I I wanted to take tonight to do it because uh, you know it's a primary, and you're up against a field of folks, and you need help right now. Absolutely, and and like and I really appreciate this uh, more than you know. Um, one of my prayers early on was that I didn't want any special answers. I just wanted to be back by the church. Um, I wanted, I wanted it. I want the church time to shine. You know, the world has been making a, a mockery of the church for so long, and I really want the people to see God in action. You know, remind me yeah. of Moses in the Bible, where you know God was ready to wipe out the children of Israel, and Moses was like, well, "What would the, what would your enemies say about you?" And yeah. and that's how I feel right now. And I'm like, you know, we're in a a tough time, and I'm just like, man, God, what what is your enemy saying about you? And I I really want to remind that God is faithful, that he's still in the Red Sea business. He still knows how to split it. He still knows how to bring us over. And, you know, those those Egyptians we see today, we'll see them no more forever. And so, yes, sir. Yeah, you bless me. You bless me. All right, well, we'll be praying for you. Uh, Let me pray for you right now. Lord, thank you for Brian, his wife, his family. Thank you for his faithfulness. And Lord, we do pray for victory for him. I pray for support and blessing upon him. And Lord, you you meet our needs in the riches of Christ exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we could ask or imagine. I've seen that in his life as he just trusts you and he's grateful. And he's, he's one to always say thank you. And yet, Lord... Uh, no bitterness, no frustration, even with the trials he's faced in his life. His his goal is to honor you. So, Lord, would you honor him? Would you bless him? And, Lord, thank you for this evening to spend time with my brother and what a treasure he is and, and what a, a wonderful friend I count him. And, Lord, you made that possible. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I, an honor to call you a friend and a brother, and and I, I wanted tonight. I, I just there was a lot of things we could have folks we could have brought on. I wanted folks to meet you, and I, I know it's not even their seat. I know it's out, you know, inland and even further. I mean, actually, my wife drove by there day on her way to Phoenix. But you know what? <laughs> Pull this off. Fight. Keep going, and let's stay in touch. And we're we're friends for life. All right. Thank you, sir, and I appreciate that. All right, bless you. And when you guys get some respite, you come on out and visit us. Like I told you, you and your wife and your kids will take good care of you. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Have a good evening. Safe journeys. Bless you. Win. Win. So uh, Brian Hawkins, I tell you what, that guy is going to win this district. And and you you saw the website to link to support this man. Uh, you get to do what you want. I don't tell you what to do. I'm just telling you, this is a guy who has has every reason to be bitter and angry and frustrated that there's none of that. His desire is to want to honor the Lord. He's not running for notoriety or fame. He's putting in the hard work, 130,000 miles. You should see his car. This thing has been written just to the end of itself. And yet always joy. Every time I see him and his family's all in, uh, this, this is really something exciting for me in California to see all these pieces come together. I, It's like a unicorn as far as I'm concerned. Brian is such a treasure. So take care of him, bless him, 
And, uh, hey, you'll meet more like that. And you may not be running in your congressional district. So what? Good government happens with good people. Find those folks. Get behind them. You get to vote your convictions. And that's why uh, consent of the governed, that's how you do it. So um, there you have it. Well, folks, thank you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow night on Liberty Station. Good night.